I think that that's really important too for the confidence building is to say like, you don't have to be as fast as an experienced doctor. You don't have to have a super tiny short incision. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be able to go home and sleep at night. Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful, short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet. Now what? I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. Surgical experience is something that, depending on which school you attended and what externships you completed, will look very different from person to person. Whether you've only completed half a spay or 100 spays, you will likely still have questions regarding how to develop your surgical skills in your first year of practice. Today, I am joined by Dr. Kate Boatwright as we discuss the questions and expectations you should talk about with your mentor when you start in practice that will set you both up for success. So let's dive into it. All right. Welcome back, you guys. And today, I'm very excited to welcome my friend and colleague, Dr. Kate Boatwright, to the show. So Kate, welcome here. Thanks, Mariah. It's nice to be here. This is going to be a super fun episode, which honestly, yes, I say that about probably every episode, <laughs> but I honestly mean it. And between the two of us, like we can just keep chatting and chatting and chatting and just have so much fun. I think we spent like, what, 20 minutes before this just like talking about running and conferences and <laughs> everything fun under the sun. But jumping right into today, Kate, you are an incredible human. You are a veterinarian. You're a speaker. You're an author. You just put out your veterinary mentorship manual, which was created for veterinary hospitals that want to create a stellar mentorship program. So who better to talk to about these things? Oh, congratulations on putting that manual out. Thank you. And I will pitch right now for the podcast listeners, I'm going to do a discount uh, code podcast 25. So anybody who's listening, feel free to, to grab that for 25% off the manual if you're interested. For sure. You guys do not want to miss out on that information will be in the show notes. So today, Kate, we are talking about something that was honestly, I was scared about um, when I first graduated. And honestly, like vet school if you are a vet student or a new grad who's listening, like vet school gives you the skills and information to survive. You may have had like a junior surgery course. You may not have. You may have been one of those people like myself who just went and did externships where you focused on surgery. But regardless, when you step into practice, you're still at a deficit of skills when it comes to surgery compared to people who have been in practice for 20, 30 years. Like it's just the name of the game. So today, Kate, I'd love to talk about the question of like, if your mentee is coming to you, their new grad is coming to you and they're asking, how do I even gain this foundation in surgery? Like, what are we going to do together that is going to make this happen? So what would you say if I came to you with that question? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the first question for a mentor should be just establishing how much tissue handling experience you've had. You know, as you said, the amount you get in school varies widely. And unfortunately, there's not a lot built into many core curriculums. You know, I've heard of students graduating having done like half a neuter or half a spay. 
when I was a student, I, like you, made sure that I went on externships that were, you know, at high volume spay neuter clinics. I had 100 spays and neuters under my belt when I graduated. And that was not because of my curriculum. That was because I went out and got it. And so, you know, I think definitely that's question number one is establishing just where are you on the spectrum? Are you someone who, you know, has just a very teeny tiny bit of experience, which is totally fine. We can work with that. Or do you have more experience and you're looking to, you know, hey, I've got the basics down and I want to go up from there. Um, And then from there, we can kind of decide, okay, like, let's figure out what we need to do. I think one of the biggest things we can do as mentors is make sure that we're getting our mentees in the OR consistently. Having one surgery day here and there every few weeks, once a month is not going to help anybody. So definitely, ideally, I want my mentee in the OR at least once a week. My initial days, I'm going to have them scrubbing in with me on surgery times. I like to call it a co-working period, not a shadowing period, because I don't want you just standing in the corner watching. You know, we're going to scrub into surgery together. We're going to do those phase. We're going to do those neuters. If you're someone who has more experience, then, you know, you're going to take the reins from the beginning. And I'm more there just to watch and make sure that there's nothing, you know, critical missing, that you're comfortable before, you know, turning you completely loose. And then, you know, maybe you're someone where we need to scrub in together for a few months. I think it's very much open dialogue about, you know, where's your comfort level and how are you growing and and watching. And then once you have those spays and neuters under your belt, then we move up to lumps and everything else. And during that co-working time, I'm going to have my normal surgery schedule. And so you're going to be able to, you know, maybe you're scrubbing in on cystotomy or I do a lot of ER surgery in my clinic when it pops up. So, you know, I'm going to grab my mentee and say, hey, let's go do this foreign body. So I think that's kind of the starting place for me, for my mentees. No, for sure. And, and like the things that I'm hearing to kind of reiterate it for someone who's like trying to write down a list, uh, <laughs> they're like, how do I step one? How do I do this? So literally step one is have that conversation with your mentor. Like when you're sitting down and coming up with that three to six month plan for that first set of your first year, like really deciding, okay, where would you put your skill level? Like I have no skill or, or I have no experience to... I feel very confident and then deciding, okay, what level of me do you need there in the surgery unit? Do you need me scrubbed in for your neuters and your spays? Um, Do you need me doing my own surgery in the suite next? Do you need me just in the building type of thing, which granted for the first surgeries, your mentor should just be there regardless, I feel like, to make sure you're on the same page of what those things mean. And then from there, kind of reevaluating and saying, all right, I feel really good about X, Y, and Z type of surgeries. Let's move on. And saying, and like like you said, like work on spays and neuters, because those are going to give you such incredible tissue handling skills, like honestly, and like doing a six-month-old kitten spay is very different than a 10-year-old bitch spay, like, <laughs> or an inheat bitch spay. Very, very different surgeries, but I'm going to give you different levels of skill, different levels of challenge having your mentor there to be able to handle different situations as they arise. But again, like coming up with that plan of we're going to do these type of procedures and then we're going to move on to these type of procedures and also deciding how many surgery days am I going to have a week. Um, For like myself, I had one surgery day a week, but I was on the same surgery day as my mentor. I was pretty much doing his procedures with him there (laughs) to a degree And so from that, I gained a ton of experience. I had a lot more exposure to different procedures than any of the mentor and mentees beforehand. 
So mm-hmm. kind of really just laying those kind of things out. So as your mentee, like really, like, how do I gain that foundation in surgery? Have that conversation, get stuck in. And also like, I guess, how do you help your mentee understand their boundaries of when they need to call for help? Because that is something that I feel like not everybody understands. From my perspective as a mentor, I would much rather prefer the mentee that asks me for help when they don't really need it than the mentee that is like waiting till the last minute and now we're in, you know, a critical situation or they've been in surgery for two or three hours, Mm -hmm. you know, in a spay. And like you said, the, you know, certainly, you know, a six month old cat spay, even a six month old dog spay versus an old, you know, fat dog or cat is very different. And so I'm also going to be, when I'm setting up, the surgery schedule for my mentee when they're on their own, we're going to have some parameters of like, okay, like our mentee is going to start with maybe a size cap, maybe an age cap on animals until they get comfortable, you know, and then we're going to move them up into doing that 80 pound fat Rottweiler spay. You know, that's not going to be the first spay I give my mentee. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that I want my mentee to know that I am there. I'm in the building. I'm happy to answer questions. If I need to come scrub in to help you find the uterus or, you know, maybe you've got a little bit more bleeding than you're comfortable with and you're trying to decide, hey, is this just oozing and I'm okay to close or is there something leaking that shouldn't be, you know, I want them to feel comfortable calling me. And so... I think, again, I think it's, it's a conversation with the mentee and, and if they're, you know, if they're having repeated problems, maybe I'm going to say, okay, like I'm going to try to check in, you know, maybe stick my head in every 15 or 20 minutes and say, Hey, how's it going? Do you need anything? Mm-hmm. You know, but just making sure that my mentee knows that I'm there and available and I'm not going to get mad at them for having, you know, somebody come. And I think there's another plug there that it's really important that we put our experienced team members with the mentee in surgery. Yes. I want a technician who is solid in anesthesia, who is really comfortable. Yes, there could be things that go wrong and they're going to need to ask the doctor, but I want a tech who can troubleshoot a lot of things and is comfortable with that. And the other place that that comes in handy is sometimes, you know, it's just a, you know, a quick question of like, hey, does this look right? You know, how does this ligature look? Or what suture does Dr. Boatwright use for these? Because, you know, I was in vet school and they told me what suture to use and now you have four different kinds I can pick from. And so just having an experienced tech who can answer those basic questions, but who also has an eye and who can maybe say like, you know, hey, would you like me to go get Dr. So-and-so to come help you? You know, someone who, you know, not in a a forceful way or, or not in a judgmental way, but just, you know, who's able to observe and has a good rapport with that mentee. So I think that's really critical to to setting our mentees up for surgical success. I think that is one of like the most understated things or underrated things is like a good solid technician working with the new grad because I will tell you like my technicians saved my butt on so many accounts as a new grad. They still do to this day. But again, just having someone who's going to be like, hey, didn't you want to do this <laughs> kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Or do you want me to go and get help? Or do you want me to go and see if Dr. Boatwright's available? Like those are all confidence boosting questions that still keep the new grad doctor in the driver's seat and still give them that leadership position. So I think that's an incredible thing to bring up. And the last little bit that I think we should touch on is how do we know when your mentee is ready to move on? Or even like if we're talking to mentees, like how can they identify when they are ready to move on to the next level of surgery? Yeah. So, I mean, I think some mentees are going to just 
you know, know and feel like, hey, I'm ready to do more. And then I think there's going to be some who are maybe a little more, you know, a little more underestimate their skills, maybe a little more timid and, you know, are scared to take that next step. So I think some of it as is as a mentor watching and saying, hey, you know, you're getting those cat spays done in, you know, in a very reasonable amount of time, let's add in some dog space. Or, you know, hey, your incisions are really looking great. Let's move you up. You know, if you're, you know, if you're feeling comfortable, let's add in some lumps. And, you know, I think too, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be fast at surgery and to have our incisions look pretty and be short and small. For my mentees, I'm like, I want you to make as big of an incision as you need to. And, you know, if you need a lot, like, yes, I can spay a cat really quickly. I've been doing this for 10 years. I do surgery all the time. I I occasionally do days in high volume spay neuter. So like, yes, I'm going to be faster than you. I'm not expecting you to spay a cat in under 10 minutes. And so I think that that's really important too for the confidence building is to say like, you don't have to be as fast as an experienced doctor. You don't have to have a super tiny short incision. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be able to go home and sleep at night. Now, if your dog spay is taking you three hours, that is a little bit more of a problem. And so maybe we do need to set some time constraints of saying, you know, okay, if you are in the surgery for more than, you know, when you hit the hour point, I'm going to come scrub in and help you finish. You know, or if a mentee, maybe, you know, maybe they're really struggling with a certain part of the procedure. Like I'm really questioning my ligatures on my pedicles or I'm struggling, you know, with closure or whatever that is, making sure that they get extra you know, opportunities to do that part of the procedure that they're struggling, even if it is just, hey, come scrub in on my spay or another doctor's spay and just do this part over and over. And I think that's another place technicians can really help because they can say like, hey, you know, it seems like I've observed this in surgery. This seems to be where they are getting hung up. I think that's another place that we can really watch. So I think it's the combination of conversations and sometimes just saying, hey, I think you're ready as your mentor. Let's take the next step. Let's add another surgery in. I'm going to be here. You know, if you get stuck, if you're having a bad day, it's okay. I'm here to hold your hand. That is awesome. And I can just like going back in my mind to when I first started in surgery, like thankfully that was the kind of mentorship I had with someone that was there to really encourage me to help point out things. We had disagreements occasionally about how we wanted to do surgery, but it was it was okay. But I think that's a beautiful place to kind of wrap things up for these mentees. Like if you are a new grad or you're a vet student who's like, I'm terrified of getting surgery experience. I've only done half a cat spay. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even know if I want to do a lot of surgery. Like that is okay. That's what we're here to tell you. The goal is that when you start in practice, one, you're at least willing to have the conversation and willing to start trying new things in surgery. From there, But you and your mentor can work together to figure out what your level is going to be, how much surgery you actually end up doing as in the rest of your career. But don't sell yourself short right now. Give yourself the opportunity and give your mentor the opportunity to really develop a process that will set you both up for success. So Kate, that's where we're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast again. And you guys, like I said, if you want to have a awesome, stellar mentorship program in your hospital, go and check out Kate's mentorship uh, manual. And what was that discount code again? Podcast 25. Podcast 25. You guys got it. All right. Till next time, y'all. And Kate, thank you once again. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, 
then check out my book, Sorry Vet Now What, or non-clinical skills training class of the same name. Until next time, take care. Thank you.